Hode Rabito of Devil's Digest joins us now to discuss. And Hode, we appreciate your time. Good morning. What is the deal? Can, is it does it make sense to you that ASU is a double digit underdog in this game? Good, good morning, guys. Um, I can't say I'm floored by the fact that ASU is an underdog, but in terms of being a double digit underdog, yes, I do think that uh, for, for a team that returns uh, so many proven players, especially on defense, that is somewhat of, a, of, a, of an eye-opening uh, the prediction. And I think also the fact that some people may forget that ASU quarterback Jaden Daniels, who had a great freshman year for the Sun Devils, did not play in one game in 2019, and that was against USC. So I know there's a big battle uh, over here on the West Coast. Who's the better quarterback between Jaden Daniels and Keaton Slovis? And truth of the matter is that we did not see that matchup in 2019. We're only get get, get to see it for the first time this Saturday. And really, when you point to the 2019 game, uh, sure, it was a game where the USC offense uh, definitely had their way, passing for 297 yards in the first quarter, uh, scoring 28 points. But they scored only three points uh, the, the, the rest of the way against an ASU defense who is only going to be improved from last year against a USC offense, which I feel really returns the same cast of characters, and I can't see it being a country mile better than 2019. So, again, uh, not shocked by it being an underdog, but uh, being double-digit, that, that did, I think, catch a lot of people off guard. Oh, I think one of the things for this offense, even last year, for you know, a young quarterback and Jane Daniels that would help him out was the presence of Eno Benjamin. Uh, Eno is now mm-hmm. gone, and I think the offensive line will be better this year, but give us a sense of what to expect from Rashad White and the rest of this running back room. Um, is this something that you think could be a strength for this offense, or is the running game still a big question mark? Well, uh, I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head about the offensive line being improved because uh, last year, as you know, ASU for the line share of its contest did actually start two, two freshmen on, on the offensive line, and that is unheard of no matter uh, what, what conference you're looking at, if you're looking at a Power 5 or a Group 5 program. So that really... Uh, did cause, in many ways, the ASU's uh, ground attack, which was so potent in 2018, with you know Benjamin to, to take a step back. Now, I think it's going to be more of a running back uh, by committee behind an improved offensive line for the Sun Devils. Uh, yes, Rashad White, who I think is going to go down as the steal of the 2020 recruiting class at junior college transfer, previously committed to UCLA, ended up not signing with the Bruins, actually committed to ASU this past May. And uh, he's somebody that is running on neck and neck for starting duties with uh, Chip Trainum, a very uh, talented true freshman, four-star prospect out of Akron, Ohio, uh, was here in, the, in spring practice. He was able to get in seven sessions, and when we were able to observe practices back then, he definitely impressed us quite a bit. So it's going to be really a, a one, uh, a two-headed monster. I'm sorry between White, uh, White, White and Trainum, and I think collectively that uh, they can not only replace uh, the production that you know Benjamin had in 2019 which was a step back uh from from 2018 going from uh, 1600 plus yards to just over a thousand yards I think they can eclipse uh, that production but again I think just the improved offensive line uh, is really going to be that element that's going to start uh, a positive domino effect for the rest of the ASU offense including its ground attack you know one thing in and uh Herm Edwards made this clear from day one, uh, he was going to defer to the younger players in the program just to try and in, get the influx of talent and get get people whoever is better is going to play regardless of uh, and if it's a tie, the tie might go to the younger guy. 
and early in the year sometimes we see things like this. Um, Johnny Wilson, the freshman receiver, he mm-hmm. got he's got an or, but he's could could start. LV Bunkley Shelton could start two freshman wideouts. Do you think it really plays out this way, where these guys are a big part of the offense, or are they just going to get a look, see if they're ready for game speed, and and then decide as the year goes along? Or again, could, could these guys really be early impact receivers? Yeah, I think about uh, both Bunkley Shelton and Wilson. Even though we're not able to observe preseason practices, all the feedback that I got on and off the record has been nothing but glowing reviews on on both. Uh, both of them are the the most highly rated newcomers in Arizona State's uh, 2020 class, both of them four stars, both of them top 150 players. So uh, on the one hand, I don't think anybody should be shocked that here we are on the eve of the season opener seeing both of those players uh, starting. But I think that aside from their own God-given talent, the fact that there's such a talented wide receiver uh, starting with them in, in Frank Darby, somebody who in the last six games for ASU in 2019, even though there wasn't a great stretch from a win-loss perspective for the Sun Devils, he, uh, he Darby, had a definitely prolonged breakout uh, 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 season, if, if you will, during, during, those last, uh, during the last half of, uh, of the 2019 campaign. So I think it's really um, in a uh, dynamic where um, Darby can really take pressure off of those, uh, of those two freshmen and showcase so they were able to showcase themselves, but at the same time, I think also those two newcomers can really make Frank Darby's uh, life uh, much easier. And look, Frank Darby obviously was a beneficiary of having uh, uh, back-to-back uh, um, first-round NFL caliber wideouts in the last two years, Nikhil Harry two years ago and Brandon Ayuk uh, last year. So uh, I think uh, this this also, in some regards, uh, does help Frank Darby because uh, those two freshmen can definitely be a force in this ASU offense, which under first-year offensive coordinator Zach Hill is going to be much more deceptive, much more complex than what we've seen here in the last two years. And I think that is another factor that can only help uh, newcomers like Bunkley Shelton and Wilson really shine in this ASU offense. A lot lot was made a couple years ago when uh, ASU, after the Todd Todd Graham era, brings in Danny Gonzalez and goes to that 3-3-5 scheme. And now under uh, Antonio Pierce and... Uh, Marvin Lewis, they're going to transition to more of a four-man front. And oftentimes teams do that to assist themselves in getting after the quarterback, right? A four-man front is more of a one-gap mm-hmm. defense and gives defenses a chance to to generate a pass rush. How, When you look at this defense, especially relative to last year, it seems like that's the biggest need is to get after the opposing quarterback more regularly. What are your, What is your sense of how that's progressing? Who in the front seven gives them the best chance to get after the quarterback? Yeah, I mean, if it definitely hit the nail on the head, uh, lack, lack of pass rush was an enormous deficiency with the, with the, with this ASU defense uh, last year. Uh, you can look at the uh, run defense numbers. ASU was ranked uh, 26 among FBS teams, so you can think that uh, everything uh, might be peaches and cream when it comes to Arizona State's uh, defensive line, which really almost returns uh, intact from from last year. But on the other hand, we look at the pass defense ranked 115th out of 100, 130 teams in the FBS. I'm not going to take the secondary totally off the hook, but I think there definitely was proven talent, and there is still a lot of proven talent coming back in 2020. But the lack of pass rush, I think, played a very vital part in Arizona State's uh, lowly ranking in that defensive aspect. So um, I think when, 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 you, when you talk about moving to a four-man front, absolutely pass rush is on the mind. 
of Antonio Pierce and, and Marvin Lewis. And I think one player that I would look look to to really make an impact over there is Jermaine Lolay, the junior, uh, who's only improved ever since he arrived in St. Pete in, in uh, Herm Edwards' first uh, recruiting class in, in 2018. Uh, he's, he's somebody that is now moving from the outside in 3-5 alignment to a three-technique defensive tackle position. Uh, that is uh, one position that evokes a lot of pleasant memories for Sun Devil fans. When you look at somebody like Will Sutton, a consensus All-American all back in uh, 2012, back-to-back uh, Pat Tillman, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year in 2012 and 2013. I'm not saying that Jermaine O'Leary is a carbon copy of Will Sutton, but I think that if he ends up being a poor man, Will Sutton, if you will, uh, that is uh, one uh, aspect that's really going to upgrade this Arizona State uh, uh, pass rush. Maybe it's not Jermaine Lillet, the one that's gobbling up all the sacks, but the fact that if he can play at the level all the coaches are expecting him to play, uh, he can definitely uh, benefit uh, quite a bit, the uh, defensive ends on, on each each side of him. I mean, so, so much of what we've talked about with ASU has just also been about the talent influx into the program, recruiting Southern California, all that sort of stuff. And, and I think we thought after Merlin Robertson was the defensive freshman of the year uh, in 2018 that we were looking at the kind of guy who – could be the defensive player of the year in the next year or two, could certainly would be a first or second team all-league defender. And it didn't seem like last year at least fell in line with the trend he was on after uh, his freshman season. So w- where do things stand right now with Merlin Robertson? Look, with Mer- Merlin Robinson, and he'll be the first one to admit, he, he did have that dreaded uh, sophomore slump. I mean, some elements uh, may have been in, in control, some of them uh, may not. But uh, he, he's somebody that is definitely coming with a huge chip on his shoulder, like you said, an outstanding uh, freshman uh, year back in 2018. Maybe shouldn't be uh, too much of a surprise. He was, after all, a, a four-star prospect out of the high school himself. But uh, he, he definitely um, has, has a lot to prove in, in 2020. He is somebody that is believed to be declaring uh, for the NFL draft after this season. But obviously, he, ha- he has to turn in a much better junior season than, than he did a, a sophomore campaign back, back in 2019. And, uh, yeah, look, I, I think Merlin Robinson is definitely the uh, the, the, uh, the straw that stirs the drink for the, for the ASU uh, defense. And if this defensive line for Arizona State really can improve at the level everybody's expecting them to be, which I don't think has to be night and day improvement, but, a, but definitely some significant improvement that can only help the linebackers playing behind that front four. And I think a, a guy like Merlin Robinson – uh, can be the biggest beneficiary out of uh, out of that improved uh, defensive line play, but he's a player that again a, a lot lot of lot of potential, a lot of skill. We saw it back in 2018, and I suspect uh, we'll see a repeat performance, if not an improvement, on that level of display in 2020. Uh, I don't know if we know this yet. Do, do we know is is Marvin Lewis going to be on the field or in the coach's booth? Either way, I just the idea of seeing yeah. Marvin Lewis with a headset on calling defense. For the ASU Sun Devils, I mean, it's just—it's a heck of an image. Well, to, to answer your question, Marvin Lewis will, will, will be in the booth, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's the luxury of having a head coach in Herm, in Herm Edwards, who knows everybody and anybody uh, in, in the in the NFL past and present. And uh, I, I think it's a definitely an absolute blessing for this program to have somebody with with the knowledge and savvy of of, of, of Marvin Lewis. Uh, not, not only head coach for, for so many years, but also being uh, the uh, defensive coordinator for, for the Baltimore Ravens when they won their Super Bowl at, at the turn of the century. And But yes, he, he's going to be upstairs calling plays. Antonio Pierce is going to be uh, on the field uh, re- re- relaying those plays. 
And when you talk to those two individuals all throughout the preseason, they're very, very confident in the talent level they have coming back. Uh, When when you look at the back seven for ASU, uh, you have nothing but uh, upperclassmen, proven players. Uh, You have somebody like Chase Lucas at at one cornerback who is a fourth-year starter at cornerback in Pac-12 overall, who I I would argue is probably the most uh, uh, thankless role in, 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 in all of college football. Uh, and on the other corner, we have Jack Jones, ironically played um, at, at USC as a freshman, a five-star uh, prospect um, out, of, out of Long Beach Poly. Uh, then you have uh, two um, upperclassmen safeties over there who, who again, really uh, really proven um, their worth uh, to this ASU defense. So uh, this is definitely a group that's really, really loaded. Not to belabor the point, it's really going to start and end with, with a defensive line because if they can show – improvement of Jermaine Lolay, for example, can play at the level of as expect him to play. Uh, this defense uh, can really uh, turn uh, one season for the ages into MP. DevilsDigest.com, DevilsDigest.com. Hode Rubino. Hode, we appreciate your time. Thanks for jumping on with us. Enjoy the rest of the week. Thank you. You're doing the same. Thanks for having me.